Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get started on a busy Friday afternoon. Many topics worthy of discussion with our panel, Michael Giles. He's been in government 30 years, currently the chief of staff to Deputy Mayor Anna Bailao. Hello, Michael. Hello, and how are you today? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, the <laughs> Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo was a minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and the former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. And a good afternoon to you, Reverend. Great to be in air conditioning, John. Well, you know, that's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, in this era of climate change and wanting to reduce our fossil uh, emissions and so on and so forth and carbon footprint, do we need more or less air conditioning? Well, we need air conditioning for those who are vulnerable, for those who have to work all day, um, for a variety of reasons. It's a necessity in our climate now, and sadly because of climate change. So, yep. Could we get by without it? Uh, I actually don't think we could, it, and not only in here, but in many places in the world. Think about it, and particularly for those who are vulnerable, who have ailments, who are elderly, it's very young. Um, it is, is it a, a human right? Um, I, I, absolutely, it should be part, and I believe um, I'll throw this one to Michael, but um, I, I think that, you know, if you're living in a place where there isn't air conditioning and the temperatures rise above a certain level, yeah, you have a case. All right. Uh, well, they actually have labor code uh, rules that suggest once it gets to a certain threshold, uh, the thermometer, then uh, people can quit the job. Well, not permanently, but just uh, leave that particular day. But let's get to John Carmichael. He's also rounding out our panel, Canadian business leader and former conservative member of parliament. How's big John? He's good. Good to be with you, John. Good, good to Always have you on pleasure. board. Well, you know, the pleasure is mine. Uh, this is something that I'm kind of curious about. It's a big story. It's dominated the headlines for the last three days or so. This Jebin Kong who wandered off the property at Cam H. And uh, I guess today it seems like, you know, there's a lot of blowback or fallout from this, including not the least of which is the NDP in your former colleague, I guess, uh, Sherry Terrace Natishik, uh, from the same part of the city, suggesting that Doug Ford was offside because he referred to this guy as a nutcase and crazy. Uh, first and foremost, do you think that Doug Ford was offside in using that lingo? Absolutely. I, there's enough stigma about men- mental illness and uh, that, you know, that was really uncalled for. And I think if he when he second second thinks what he said, uh, I, I think really the an apology is in order there. Um, Do you lot, understand it in the context of perhaps being livid and emotional? Well, but he's the premier of the province, and he and he should know um, because he's had the issue in his own family, and most families have uh, had uh, issues of mental illness in their families, and um, and it's that kind of stigma that uh, not only not helpful makes the situation worse. How about it, John? Well, I guess the, uh, I, I think you're right. It's an emotional, livid issue. Uh, how this guy gets off the property doesn't show up for how long? Two weeks? Three weeks before he gets on a plane? No, it was, uh, I think uh, he got on the plane almost immediately, according to the police that was, now. That was, uh, but I thought we, we learned some different information well, on no, that. The, no. the police did not notify anybody for 11 days. So well, we've got an individual who is a um, who has got, uh, granted, has, suffers from mental illness, but he's also a violent offender. 
And I would think that the neighborhoods that surround the areas where he frequents would be petrified for their kids, for their families. Uh, this is an individual who shouldn't be on the street. And um, I can understand where the emotion would creep into this thing and become a real problem. How do you feel, Michael? Well, I, I mean, I think that as you know, speaking to Sherry's point, as premier of the province, he has to be careful about the language used. I understand to get into the heat of the moment. And, and you know, the truth is, if we're, if we're going to be honest, there are a lot of people out there who are in conversations with each other will use that kind of language. Mm. But when you're the premier of Ontario, you should not be using that language. It, You know, I think he was, to be quite frank, I think he was... Uh, right on the ball in terms of mainstream thinking, right up until he dropped that that line, because most people are outraged by this. I mean, you have one job, and that's to keep people who are dangerous to society inside a facility like that, and you don't do it. You know, and, and what is the primary responsibility of the justice system is to protect his public safety. It's to keep people safe, and they didn't do it. Well, right, maybe uh, Doug was just trying to burnish his populist cred, but nonetheless, uh, let's leave that for now. Uh, I guess, you know, the real issue at the center of this is uh, how somebody does wander off the property. Do we have the confidence in the people who uh, make these assessments to really know what they're doing and uh, to safeguard the public? Because somewhere along the lines, obviously, this individual dropped through the cracks, uh, maybe exploited a loophole. However, uh, where do you think uh, the buck stops in this one, or who has to answer for this? Sherry DeNovo, any idea? Well, um, first of all, I guess in the great context of things, to be fair to our, you know, hospitals and CAMH being one of them, um, you know, there are 1,600 people with that that are NCR that are apparently across the province, and this is very rare. But having said that, it's happened, um, and uh, everybody's right. It's very concerning, and they got on a plane. I mean, this is outrageous. Right. Um, and well, uh, so, so, so really what needs to be looked at here, I think, is is what's what's going on at CAMH, and I know they're already looking at that um, very carefully. They've already reviewed that. I'm sure there's more to come. And and I think, you know, uh, to a certain extent, the police as well. I mean, where were they and where were our border officials? I mean, I, there's a whole chain of command here that really has some answering to do about this. Uh, but I, I think we need to put it in context. It's very, very rare. It's it's awful that it happened. Let's deal. Well, if there could have been uh, or would have been tragic outcomes, uh, you know, this is something we're talking about a different dimension to the story. Nonetheless, fortunately, that didn't happen. And maybe he's not our problem anymore now that he's in mainland China. But we still need an accountability that uh, somewhere along the line, somebody did drop the ball. Uh, and to Sherry's point, different levels. I mean, getting on a plane and leaving Pearson, I'm guessing, uh, that's federal. Ralph Goodale, public safety minister. Does he have some accounting to do here, uh, according to you, John Carmichael? Absolutely. I, and I, I agree with Sherry that this isn't a frequent situation. This is a one-of at this point. Had it turned into a violent offense where we had a death or, or a serious injury, then we'd be talking about it in a much different context, and people would be really upset about that. So I think I think you've got the health care system, you've got police, and you've got the feds, all who have to take a part in this and ensure that whatever hole or crack this fell through in the sidewalk or whatever, uh, it's corrected. And uh, we just can't be tolerant of this stuff. Well, tell me, Michael, I mean, somebody had called in earlier and said, well, this is Doug Ford. Instead of ranting and railing about it, he should be the one demanding the answers. I'm not sure he hasn't. He's said as much. Uh, but does the buck stop with him? Is it a municipal thing? When you've got the mayor, John Tory, saying, well, there's no time to point blame here or no reason to. Let's just find out what... Ha-. 
I think there is blame to be apportioned here. Am I wrong? Well, I think there's, you know, there is blame to be apportioned, but I think the most important thing is to let's fix the problem. And it's not just Doug Ford's problem. I mean, I think everybody has a little bit of blame here. Uh, how does a guy walk out of a facility when he's on an NCR and... First of all, who bought him the airline ticket? Because I don't think he, unless if he's ordering tickets online from inside Cam H, then we got a bigger problem. But who ordered the airline tickets? So where did he get his passport? How did he get onto that plane? And you know, if you're, if also, I mean, you know, if you're talking from the perspective of the Chinese government, you're thinking, thanks a lot. Where is this guy? So he's, I'm assuming he's running around somewhere in China because I don't think they... Without I, his meds. Without his meds and with his passport. So yeah, there's a lot going on. And I think, frankly, uh, the mayor's approach to this was correct in the sense that, you know, yeah, we we can apportion blame, but at this point, let's just find out how this happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. I mean, I watched the guy from Cam H yesterday, quite frankly, on the news, and, and you know, I wasn't impressed because he was... I, he, I, I don't agree with what the premier said and the language he used, but it just seemed that he was so fixed, this guy from Cambridge was so fixated on this instead of, you know what, you got bigger problems than what the premier said. Right. Well, the other thing, I mean, look, we can start uh, sort of parsing it at different levels. Uh, If you've got somebody NCR getting on a plane, how is this guy not flagged on the no fly list? I'm curious. I mean, shouldn't there be something in the data bank somewhere along the line to tell us, uh, you know, maybe the prospects of him getting out and going to the airport with an airline ticket and his passport seem so far-fetched? They didn't even account for that scenario. But nonetheless, shouldn't he be on a no-fly list? One one would hope. But what was what, kind of, you know, ironic here is that, you know, one of his fear, one of the fears he had apparently at one point in his, his life was being deported to China. So uh, by the Canadian government. So he basically deported himself, I guess, at a certain point, wanted to be with his mother. I mean, I, there, there are lots of uh, there are lots of problems here. There's no question. Um, and it's interesting because I, you know, I just came back from overseas and we had to fly through Germany. And boy, I'll tell you, German security is serious. I mean, and, and coming back into Canada, it was great. We waltzed right through. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to throw aspersions again. You know, anybody at Pearson, they do a great job. But I mean, you really see that our security perhaps needs to be a little tighter where this kind of incident uh, arises for sure. I mean, well, that's the, thing that's is, the consensus here. The, the Ontario Review Board said uh, as late as May that they still had apprehension about this guy's qualifications to go into the community unsupervised. So that tells me that maybe, uh, they being concerned, somebody at Cam H may have unilaterally made a decision here. Again, we don't know. But uh, Michael, who's in charge? Do you know of uh, Cam H? Is that municipal? Well, ultimately, I think it's the provincial government in terms of uh, through the Ministry of Health, through the Institutional Services Division. I guess it's our institutions division. But at, at, at the end of the day, you know, I would not hold the Minister of Health responsible for this. You know, you, a minister is responsible for all sorts of things. But, you know, when you get down into the weeds of uh, the facility that's operating like this, you know, I cannot imagine there's any, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of policies in place that would, con, you know, condone this or say this is possible. So I wouldn't say this is necessarily a, a political or governmental, but I wouldn't blame the Minister of Health. I'd just be saying what is going on over at Cam H and how do people wander out and go to the airport? All right. Well, uh, we know that there has to be uh, something to uh, satisfy not just public curiosity, but uh, ensure safety and security, peace of mind, that this is not going to happen again. And can uh, you imagine, by the way, you're the guy sitting on the seat next to him for 15 hours on the flight to China and you find out afterwards? Right, and he doesn't like the in-flight meal. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of... I'm just wondering what happens with his medication running out. You know, this oh, is something... we're going to read about it. We, we, we you know, may. There's going to be a story come back from China, perhaps, that, you know, a horrific situation that occurred. But I, I, I just think listening to this discussion, and I think you've already raised it, is 
there's so many different levels of accountability here. Mm -hmm. And rather than pointing the finger at one another and being concerned about what the the premier did or didn't say, I think everybody should step up and take a a role in this and make sure that this does not reoccur. Well, do we want him back? No. Jerry? Well, again, this is not up to us now. It's up to the Chinese government, isn't it? Um, So I imagine that there are some phone calls being made diplomatically as we speak. To what end end or point or purpose? I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, it's the whole point of the program at CAMH, and we have to get back to that, is to rehabilitate someone who is not criminally responsible, um, but also to keep the community safe around them. So, so, you know, where will he get that best rehabilitative treatment? I don't know. Well, um, and clearly, why, why should we care? Clearly, if he's... he's voted with his feet. Clearly, he does not want to be here. He wants to be in China. He wants to be with his mother. Right. Um, and uh, so, you know, th- there's that. Um, but I mean, I, I, again, you know, we all right. There so is a we'll system in place. It just didn't <laughs> well, work this let's, time. All right. Well, you know, uh, let's get an accounting here of how this happened. Maybe heads should roll. But if he's over there, good well, riddance. How did he get out of Canada? How did he get into China? Well, yeah. Again, well, these I mean, are all know, the questions. A, yeah. I mean. No, We've got I, a couple I wouldn't, of people uh, over there we do want back that are in prison. And, and I, would, I wouldn't Absolutely. be worried uh, using yeah, counting too much faith in uh, diplomatic channels between Canada and China no, right, not now. right now. There's not much that. happening there. There's well. that. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.